Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needleman. I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butterball, how are we doing this evening, bud? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Always a pleasure to have you in studio. We're, we're looking forward to week two of the NFL. Uh, we, we, got, we got one week in the can, so we got some results to look at and some things that we can uh, uh, kind of dissect. And, and have some takeaways, but uh, looking forward to week two. So uh, let, let's get it started. But, you know, Butter, before we get it started, you know, it's always important that we have to show some love to our primary sponsor, and that's Chalk Sports Bar. Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. It's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch the games on Sundays. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Now, Butter, I think you and I, we're going to be at Chalk uh, Saturday afternoon, so looking forward to that. we got a little college fantasy football draft that's coming up, so we will be partaking in imbibing of all the uh, the good wares and uh, atmosphere that Chalk has to offer. You looking forward to that, Bud? Yes, I'm looking forward to the eggs. <laughs> there you go, yeah. An interesting take on deviled eggs that the uh, the chalk guys uh, have come up with. So so Ben and the uh, uh, the chefs and uh, and the kitchen staff do a great job of kind of having some fun stuff on the menu uh, each and every week. So so looking forward to that this weekend. But before we look ahead to this weekend, butter, uh, it's important that we take a look back at week one. It, and you know we've got to start off with a, a good news uh, article, or at least a, a a good news from a perspective of the NFL man, and that's. Uh, the fact that the Chiefs and Texans players, all the tests came back negative for that first opening game uh, on NFL last Thursday night for uh, uh, COVID. And, and, and it seemed like the protocols and the procedures that they had in place worked. Uh, everybody came back negative. But but thoughts on that, Butter? Good, good news all around, right? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, you've got all those players, I mean, that tested negative. Um, you know, I mean, they sounds like the tests are working. Um, the, the program that they have is – that, that they have in place is actually working. Haven't heard any news as far as any of those players testing, testing, testing positive, all of them tested negative. So, I mean, it's, that's good to move forward. So. Yeah. And it was really interesting watching uh, hard docs on, on HBO, you know, the last, last few weeks uh, following the Rams and the chargers. And they really did an in-depth dive at just how uh, structured uh, and how stringent those procedures and protocols were. So got to take it seriously if, if they want to keep the games going. And it looks like everybody is following the procedures and protocols. And uh, so long as they continue to follow them, uh, it, it seems like it's going to work. So, so fingers crossed on that, that we get good news each and every week on that front uh, as we move forward. But, you know, taking a look at the games that actually took place this weekend, Butter, I, there were some surprising results that jumped out. It's surprising from my perspective, at least. But, um, you know, you had the Washington football team over the Eagles. Eagles 27-17. You had the Jags over the Colts. Um, you had the Cards over the 49ers. And then, you know, maybe not quite as surprising to most, but the, the Saints over the Bucks in that uh, premier afternoon, Sunday afternoon game uh, between uh, uh, Drew Brees and uh, Tom Brady. But, you know, what was your takeaway from the opening weekend, Butter? Any of these games stand out to you? Maybe a game I didn't mention, but what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, you look back, I mean, uh, Washington actually trailed uh, the entire first half. They trailed like 17-7. And they came back and beat the Eagles twenty-seven to seventeen. So I mean, and I mean, kind of took them out of their game plan. Uh, the Jags versus the Colts. I mean, Minshew. I mean, he was really, really good at times last year. Uh, Washington State kid. 
I mean, in a in a quarterback duel, I mean, he outdueled Phil Philip Rivers. I mean, Philip Rivers threw a late uh, touchdown or a late interception towards the end of the game, which is something that's kind of becoming a habit for him. I mean, it's, it was it's definitely played him in recent years. That's fair. Yeah, it was definitely a habit for him in uh, in Los Angeles for the Chargers, and uh, so I mean, it still kind of sounds like it's going to be a habit. Um, the cards over the 49ers, I mean, that was just a really, really good football game. Uh, I mean, it was close uh, pretty much the majority of the game. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Cardinals ended up scoring two touchdowns late uh, in the fourth quarter to win that game. Uh, Kyler Murray looked really good. I mean, I think he's going to have a really good wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he caught 14 balls. I mean, so double digits and – in receptions, uh, 151 yards. I mean, sounds like they they did a really good job. Another game that I that I watched quite a bit, which you know, I mean, the scoreboard was uh, I think it was 34 to 23. Old man versus old man, Breeze versus Brady. Uh, Brady threw two interceptions and yeah, one one that was returned for a touchdown. Yeah, one was a pick six. I don't think I, I forget how long it had been since he had threw two interceptions in a game, but I mean, it was. It was a couple years, I believe. Uh, but Breeze uh, outdueled him. Um, I mean, the bad thing about coming out of that game, I mean, uh, Michael Thomas is probably out for a little bit. So. Yeah, I think a high ankle sprain is what that was, the, the diagnosis, and he is listed as, as maybe questionable or doubtful for week two for now. But uh, didn't look good, and, and you know, d- doesn't look good from my perspective. But if we go back to last week in the uh, season uh, uh, premiere or preseason predictions, I had Michael Thomas tabbed as my fantasy player of the year, and so it's going to be difficult for him to win that award if he's not on the field. But yeah. uh, uh, hopefully he comes back uh, healthy and strong, maybe misses one game, and uh, it's not quite as bad as perhaps uh, it seems there. But, uh, you know, I, my takeaways from those games, Butter, and again, I think those are the games that I highlight as well. Uh, Washington's defensive line might be pretty good, man. So Chase Young, Kerrigan. They they just got after They're definitely young, um, but they look good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, got after uh, Carson Wentz uh, at quarterback for the Eagles, and as you said, the Eagles jumped out to a quick lead, and then man just couldn't do anything in the second half. And so you know, I think you got to tip the cap to Ron Rivera uh, and the defensive coordinator and some of the changes and adjustments that they made at halftime because they they just uh, put a put a stop on on Philadelphia's offense in the second half. Uh, the Jaguars. Uh, you know, again, uh, making me look silly uh, in week one. Uh, Jaguars, I had my my unanimous pick uh, to uh, to finish dead last in the NFL and uh, uh, you know be the be the team that uh, drafts Trevor Lawrence number one overall uh, in the twenty twenty one draft. And then I also had the Colts as my uh, division winner in the AFC South. And then I'll be damned if uh, the, uh, the the world doesn't get turned on its ear in this twenty twenty uh, this topsy turvy twenty twenty. In uh, in Gardner Minshew, I think he was nineteen out of twenty or something. Butter, he has completed ninety five. Yeah percent of his passes now a lot of dinks and dunks and uh and not not a lot of passes downfield but i mean you know 95 percent that's tough to do on air and so uh you know a testament to him that's and, like madden stats <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe maybe you know there was that promotion in the summer that if you drafted him a uh, number one overall in your fantasy league that uh, bud light would give you a free beer or something so hell maybe he was worth a first round pick uh, from a fantasy perspective but uh yeah a surprising result there and uh, uh kudos to the Jags. so you know maybe there's that whole off season nobody believes in us hey everybody's picking us to finish last and uh, they were they were fed up with it and they come out and uh, uh take care of business in week one but uh, uh the cardinals as you mentioned it 
fantasy owners, they have to have to love that combination between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. As you mentioned, 14 receptions, 150 yards, and then uh, I believe he had the game-winning touchdown at the end, or at least the go-ahead touchdown uh, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter there uh, on that connection uh, uh, late in the fourth quarter. So it looks like uh, that combo is going to bear a lot of fruit and a lot of benefits for fantasy owners and, and the Cardinals team as a whole as well. And then, as you mentioned, the, the premier game Sunday afternoon, Saints and uh, Bucks, uh, the two uh, wily veterans uh, in Drew Brees and uh, uh, Tom Brady. You know, not not a big surprise uh, from my perspective, is at least, that the Saints won that game. I, I think there was a lot of hype, obviously, on the Bucks, kind of going into that. And it's going to take some time for them to gel in that new system. Uh, but, you know, the Saints looked really polished. They re- looked really sharp. And, you know, the one one takeaway from from my perspective, you know, off the field was just how how quiet the Superdome was and how weird it was that, uh, uh, you know, there, there weren't any fans in there. And so you're, you're used to that being uh, one of the most raucous crowds uh, in, in all of sports and, uh, you know, a, a definite home field advantage uh, for New Orleans on a weekly basis there. So, but uh, hope, hopefully we get that rectified at some point in the season. Uh, maybe maybe further on later on in the fall that uh, they can start letting fans back in in, in those games. But uh, you know, speaking of stadiums, butter, you know, one of the things that I I've got on the agenda here that I wanted to talk a little bit about and get your thoughts on was these new stadiums uh, that um, uh, the the Rams and Chargers and SoFi out in L.A., which we got to see the debut of that uh, on Sunday Night Football uh, with the Rams and Cowboys, which we'll get to that game here in a moment, uh, but. You know, I, we, we get the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, you know, the Raiders' new home. That the, These things are multi-billion dollar spaceships is what they look like. And so all the amenities and the big screens and uh, uh, the scoreboards that go in. What, what are your thoughts on these new stadiums, Butter? It's kind of an arms race to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, they look really, really cool on TV. I mean, I think it would be really cool to go to go visit these places. And I, I think that they were saying like the, the stadium in L.A., I mean, it was like $5 billion. I think that's right. Yeah, I $5 billion. Is, is double what like Jerry World was. So I mean, it was just south of two billion. I think is what it was. And it's crazy to think that that stadium is kind of old now. I think it was oh yeah. seven or oh yeah. eight when that was built. It just seems like it was yesterday. But. Well, I mean, and good for Vegas too. I mean, they. I mean, that's going to draw even more people to Sin City. You know, I mean, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need much of a an arm twisting to get out to Vegas. Uh, but uh, next time I go out there. You know, again, it probably have to be next season, right, with all the restrictions that are going on right now. But uh, when you go, you're going to have to catch a Raiders game or, or some game, right? So maybe there's a college game or something that's going to be played in that stadium as well. But uh, just really cool. And, and Sunday night, NFL and NBC, they did, did a lot of, um, you know, really good uh, shots and in, in kind of uh, talking about the stadium and all the uh, the new bells and whistles that are associated with it. Again, uh, it's going to be a lot, uh, lot better whenever we get um, uh, people in the stadium as well as we move forward. Another thing that uh, I've seen, like, on – on TV when I was watching the game is the roof like on the LA stadium. I mean, it's see-through it's like glass. And so like whenever they were sitting there announcing the football game, you know, I mean, they said, well, whatever we do get fans, make sure you bring sunscreen. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Kind of, you know, we think about the Cowboys stadium as well. There always used to be the hole in the roof and you had that weird, you know, sunlight at, at different times and the yeah. angles. And then, you know, Jerry kind of did the same thing, you know, that, that, that I guess I think it's the West end of the stadium. That's kind of all glass and still allows the sunlight that kind of comes yeah, in there. Is, yeah, it, like that. You, you assume that I guess maybe some sort of home field advantage that goes along with that. You know, if you play in it week in and week out, you're going to get used to the 
sun and kind of know where it is. And that perhaps, uh, you know, the visiting teams uh, won't be used to it. So you're looking up, uh, fielding a punt or a kickoff, you know, maybe the sun gets in your eyes and uh, uh, you you botch the kick and a uh, big turnover. But no, it really, really kind of interesting uh, designs and the architecture and the structures there. But I, I thought that was cool. Wanted to talk about it and, and get your thoughts on it as well. But, you know, but I guess one thing from our perspective, again, we talked about that Sunday night game. Cowboys and Rams, you know, takeaways from that game. Again, our, our beloved Cowboys, they, they come out and they fall flat. Um, not, not, not the best performance, our opening day performance, I should say, from Mike McCarthy. Some questionable decisions in the fourth quarter, certainly, uh, as to, um, uh, you know, choosing to go for it as opposed to kicking the field goal there with, you know, nine or ten minutes in the fourth quarter to tie the game up at 20. But, you know, as a Cowboys fan, your takeaway from that game, Butter, you know, what, what did you see that maybe gave us a glimmer of hope, but what did you also see that was incredibly frustrating? I mean, as far as a fantasy standpoint, I mean, Dak Prescott and Zico Elliott both were really, really good fantasy players. But, I mean, 17 points, I mean, that's not going to get it done uh, against a good football team. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the call whenever they uh, whenever they, they didn't kick the field goal. They should, I think they should have kicked the field goal instead of going for it. Then there was also uh, some just dumb penalties, like where we jumped off sides. And, I mean, it wasn't once or twice. I mean, it was – four or five times, but, you know, I mean, that's stuff that can be corrected. I mean, that that goes back to not having preseason football. Getting in the, uh, getting in the, uh, you know, I mean, like the routine and stuff like that, I mean, like where they would have had three or four games in the, in the preseason to, to get, to get ready for that. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, hopefully, I mean, they can figure out exactly uh, what they did wrong, what they did right. I mean, I, I think Dak Prescott's going to be a heck of a quarterback uh, this year. I expect a lot of good things from him. Ezekiel Elliott, the same thing. And plus, they've got some talented wide receivers. Uh, but, I mean, they're going to have to figure out how to get all that together, run the correct plays, definitely have to score more than 17 points. I mean, that was that that was, that was was probably the most disappointing thing is that high-powered offense with all the talent they have only being able to put up 17 points. No, I, I agree. That that was my biggest takeaway is is the you know relatively pedestrian effort and output from the offense. And so whether that was play calling by Kellen Moore, you know, one of the things that frustrated me is that it seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of shots taken downfield until that that final uh, uh, completion that was nullified by the offensive pass oh, interference Gallup, call yeah. to uh, to Gallup. You know, fifty three yards or whatever it was late in the fourth quarter that essentially sealed the game uh, at at that point. Whenever uh, offensive pass interference was called there, but you know, it seemed like a lot of six yard and seven yard stop routes or, or out routes to Amari Cooper, shallow cross to C.D. Lamb, um, you know, I, I – and obviously Blake Jarwin going out, that's a big loss, the tight end. You know, I think, you know, ACL – uh, is is what uh, what the call was on on his injury there, and so that that changes things a little bit for sure. But uh, we got to throw the ball downfield. You said you have you have you have a good offensive line. You got a good quarterback. You got three super talented receivers. We we have to get the ball downfield, and and I'm sure part of it as well uh, was that you know the, the the Rams have a have a tough defensive line and a big pass rush with uh, Aaron Donald. But um, we got to be able to block that. We got to be able to throw the ball downfield, and so I think we'll see that this week. But we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Cowboys. Uh, chances in week two coming up here in a moment for sure. But I, I think they, another thing also, they, there was a lot of drop balls as well. Hit, hit them right in the hands and they dropped it. So, I mean, you just got to gotta do better and make plays. I mean, if the ball's coming your way, I mean, 
and it hits your hands, you need to catch it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And again, all things that usually get worked out in the preseason, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, buddy. So those first three or four games that uh, you, you get the the rhythm in place, uh, you eliminate those silly penalties, and and, and we saw that across the league a lot. Uh, uh, for sure, that a lot of teams you, you could tell were, were perhaps a little rusty on that front, and so um, the Cowboys weren't uh, weren't the only team that fell into that category. But you know, let, let's talk about some fantasy notes, uh, some takeaways from Week One, Butter, and, and let's start start with the injury list. Kittle's tight end superstar for 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 the 49ers uh, looked like it it was kind of an ugly knee injury. I, I think the re- initial reports now are that it's not quite as bad as what it seems, but he's probably going to miss this weekend. Uh, thoughts on that injury there, Butter, and, and how do you see the t- uh, 49ers adjusting? They're going to go cross-country uh, uh, this week and take on the Jets in one of those early uh, noon kickoffs here. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts on Kittles? I think he's probably out for three or four weeks. I mean, bare minimum. Next guy on the list, I mean, whoever that may be, I mean, they may uh, decide to, instead of uh, signing another tight end, maybe sign like a wide receiver because they also have uh, Debo Samuel who is out for the year. So, I mean, two two really big playmakers on their offense. I mean, uh, Kittle's going to be out for, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to be out for the entire year. So, I mean, depending on who they, who they sign, who they bring in, I mean – uh, that offense is definitely not going to look the same come Sunday because there's two of their top playmakers not going to be there. Big losses, as you mentioned, and and that's a tough division too. You know, we saw the Seahawks play so well in Week One. We saw, you know, obviously the Cardinals uh, beat the 49ers and then the Rams uh, over the Cowboys. You know, that that might be the toughest division in football right now. And you think back to the past few years, you know, the team that got to the Super Bowl but lost, there's always a little bit of a hangover there. And so, you know, perhaps um, is that is that that curse, uh, for lack of a better term, is that going to bite the 49ers in the rear this year? And so you're already starting to see it uh, as early as week one. They get out of the gate slow. They have some bi- uh, big injuries to key players. And so um, a little, little, little scary if you're a 49ers fan right now for sure. But, you know, the next big name on the list, Butter, that of running back Le'Veon Bell for the Jets, uh, injured, going to be out for a while. Uh, you know, what I guess one takeaway from that is that the the, the backup is is Frank Gore. And, and one thing that's interesting is that Frank Gore Jr. Uh, plays at Southern Miss, uh, and it was actually uh, playing a college football. A uh, I think last week or week before last uh, during the opening weekend of college football, and I saw that name. It's like, man, that'll make you feel old. But yeah. uh, you know, what 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 do you think if you're a Jets fan? Is that your your alternative at running back is old man Frank Gore? That you know, testament to his longevity uh, for sure. But uh, uh, your thoughts on, on Frank Gore kind of moving forward there uh, in the absence of Le'Veon Bell? Well, I mean, I think Frank Gore. I mean. He's still got a little bit left in the tank. You know, I mean, everybody kind of thought that he was he was done whenever he was with the 49ers. I mean, because you play in the NFL 10 years, I mean, that's a statement nowadays. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of people that, that make it after 10 years just because running backs get the crap beat out of them um, and the legs get tired. But, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I think he's in the top four, top five rushers and yards uh, in the in, in NFL history. So, I mean, I, I think that's a really good opportunity for him. I mean, I think if Frank Gore can stay healthy, I mean, I think he'll he'll be able to get you 60 to 100 yards a game. Yeah, you I think mean, about 
Yeah, those guys that you know, a testament to their longevity, right? So you not maybe not quite as dynamic as a uh, as a Barry Sanders or, or or a Gail Sayers or something, but you know, you think about an Emmett Smith, you know, our, our guy from the Cowboys that you know the NFL's all time leading rusher, and, and really he got there just by being able to show up and, and play, you know, fourteen fifteen games every year and, and being healthy and running behind a good offensive line. And so, you know, Frank Gore kind of falls into that category as well is that um, he continues to, to just show up every year, uh, make a squad, and then, you know, go out and, and perform. And uh, he's, he's a consummate pro, but uh, uh, certainly a testament to the longevity there. But, you know, the next big injury, we, we, we talked about it uh, briefly in our uh, week one uh, recap um, on, on games is, is that of the Saints uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas uh, likely going to miss Monday night uh, against the Raiders at that opening up that new Allegiant Stadium. Uh, big loss for the Saints for sure. But, you know, the Saints do have some firepower and they have some alternatives. You know, obviously you have Alvin, Alvin Kamara, Kamara at running back. Emmanuel Sanders I thought looked pretty good on Sunday as well uh, in his debut for the Saints. Um, and, and then you, you have um, – um, you know, Drew Brees, right? So he's going to be able to spread the ball around. But but thoughts on Michael Thomas, the high ankle sprain, how long is he going to be out, Butter, and, and what that does to that Saints offense moving forward? I mean, the thing with the high ankle sprain, I mean, it, it could uh, it could last a couple weeks or it could bother you the rest of the season. Uh, but, I mean, I do think that uh, they signed Emmanuel Sanders. I thought that was a heck of a free agent signing. I think that uh, he will do really, really good in that offense. And I mean, he's actually going to get to get to try to prove that this week with Michael Thomas being gone. Um, they also have Taysom Hill, who can play quarterback. Yeah, play, does it all. Yeah, yeah does yeah. does everything. Can return kicks. So I mean, the offense is going to look a little bit different without Michael Thomas. But I mean, there's still quite a few playmakers on that uh, on that team. Um, like I said, I have Emmanuel Sanders uh, on one of my fantasy football teams, and I'm going to start him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably a good start this week for sure. Probably a good start regardless, but uh, definitely you would expect an uptick in targets and activity for him uh, in in Michael Thomas's absence. But you know, looking at some of the big stat days from Week One, butter, you know, pr- no surprises as to some of the names that we see at each respective position, perhaps. But you know, starting at quarterback, we you know, big days from both Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, again, two more ageless wonders that that continue to just churn out stats and, and to be you know quality uh, QB ones from a fantasy perspective. And we see you know, Matt Ryan in a losing effort against the uh, uh, Seahawks, but you know, spread the ball all all over the field. I think threw for four hundred and fifty. Yards. Uh, Julio Jones had a big day, and we'll talk about him in a moment. But Aaron Rodgers doing it as well for the Packers uh, in that wild shootout uh, against the Vikings in Week One. But these guys just keep showing up every year, and they keep cranking out stats, butter. So thoughts on 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 Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers kind of being the passing leaders, I would say, uh, after Week One's performance. Well, I thought the Falcons. I mean, I thought that they fought pretty much the entire game. I mean, uh, they had the ball inside the twenty. You know, I mean, like where they had to go for it on fourth down. There's a couple couple times they could have made uh, plays, you know, but they just didn't do it. But, I mean, the Falcons' offense, I mean, they looked really, really, really solid. Um, got some good wide receivers. They have Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley looked really, really good. Um, I think the Julio Jones, uh, uh, Ridley, I mean, I think that's going to be a really, really good, good duo, good combo. Um, I mean, and it's going to be a hard offense to stop. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean – he threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns. Devontae Adams caught two of them, but, you know, I mean, Aaron Jones opened – I mean, the running game opened up for him too. That way they could pass the ball. So, I mean, both of those offenses looked really, really good. And, you know, I mean, the teams that they were playing, I mean, they 
they hung around, I mean, for the majority of the game, and they finally got them put away. So, I mean, both of those games were really, really exciting to watch. I mean, because you really didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen. I mean, both offenses uh, in the, the Falcons, the Falcons and the, uh, the Packers versus Vikings game. I mean, both, both offenses just kept kind of hitting each other in the mouth. So, yeah, but hopefully for our listeners out there, everybody had the over on both of those games. Yeah. Cause yeah, there are a lot, a lot of points scored, a lot of stats, a lot of yards, which we'd like to see from a fantasy perspective for sure. But you know, let, let's switch to running back butter. And, and we go back to that Thursday night uh, debut, uh, the chiefs and the uh, Texans in, in, in the debut that everybody was talking about was that of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, man, at running back 138 yards rushing, I believe a touchdown uh, looked, looked really good for the chiefs and, and maybe a debut that, that, that wasn't necessarily a, a anticipated, but that on Monday night, you know, Benny Snell running back for the Steelers. You know, he was uh, standing in for, for the uh, injured uh, Connor, uh, James Connor on that front, and he had over 100 yards and a touchdown as well, played really well in uh, his Monday night debut. But two rookie running backs uh, both performed really well. Both look to be pretty good fits for the systems that they find themselves in, Butter. But thoughts, uh, thoughts on, on these two uh, uh, rookie running backs? Both running backs look really, really, really solid. Um, I had one question. Where did Snell go to school at? He went to Kentucky. Kentucky, that's yep. what I thought. Yep. I mean, he was a really good player in college, too. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, both both of those guys, if if they can continue to do what they're doing right now, I mean, it's going to be a fun, fun uh, rookie of the year race. I yes. mean <laughs> – yeah, and, that, and that's just two of them, right? So we'll talk about Jonathan Taylor uh, running back from Wisconsin for the Colts uh, a little bit later on in the pod as well. So it's stacked at running back, it seems like, this year. A lot of good, young, talented running backs in the league. So. Which which Taylor's carries will probably go up because didn't Mac – Max absolutely here, right. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. Big big injury uh, for for Marlon Mack. He 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 appears to be done for the season. So you would expect Taylor's a uh, stock to to go up on on that front. But you know, going to wide receiver, we, we mentioned him earlier, buddy, uh, uh, Butterball. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, fourteen catches, one hundred and fifty yards, and a touchdown for the Cards. And then both solid, Julio, yeah, yeah. Both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley having uh, over a hundred yards receiving uh, in that uh, Falcons offense as well, with Matt Ryan throwing them the ball, but. Big performances. Uh, you know, a big performance getting out of the gate strong, I think, was going to be an important uh, for DeAndre Hopkins after that uh, big offseason trade from the Texans. But, man, he didn't disappoint. So, uh, thoughts thoughts on these wide receivers, Butter? Well, I mean, I thought DeAndre Hopkins looked really, really, really good. I mean, uh, you got Kyler Murray throwing him the ball. He kind of did, like, what I figured he would do because, I mean, I knew he was a heck of a player at Houston, and I was glad that, uh, that Kyler Murray got a, a solid number one option. You know, I mean, Julio Jones um, – He's getting older. Everybody wants to know how much he's got left in the tank. It sounds like he's got quite a bit left in the tank because he looked really, really, really awesome. Yeah, when he's healthy, he's still one yes. of the most uh, uh, impressive uh, physical specimens at, at wide receiver and still one of the best wide receivers in the game. But, you know, had, had an injury riddled uh, last couple of seasons. So, man, if they can keep him healthy for 16 games, uh, I, I think that Falcons offense is going to be really, really good. And, and you mentioned earlier that Todd Gurley, uh, you know, slotted in, you know, I think had roughly 60 yards and a touchdown, you know, four, four yards of carry. If they can just keep defenses honest uh, with the run game, and if Gurley can stay healthy, man, you know the the upside on that Falcons offense is really really high. So that'll be uh, be fun to watch 
uh, to see. Uh, um, hopefully, they won't be really, really good this weekend against our Cowboys. But we'll talk about that here in a moment. But um, you know, let's 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 look ahead to week two. Let's let's take a look at some of the games, the action. Uh, one of the games that's uh, actually just kicked off as we're recording this pod right now on Thursday night uh, is that of the Battle of Ohio, man. So you get Burrow and Baker, uh, the Bengals and the Browns, and so. Uh, Bengals plus six uh, on on the on the line right now, um, or opening line I should say, and then the total was forty four and a half. But um, who do you like in this battle of Ohio, Butter? So Cincinnati, you know, uh, Burrow actually looked pretty salty in Week One, right? So he he showed some promise. He's a rookie quarterback. He made a few mistakes, but you know, let him down the field, uh, but for a missed field goal, might have might have uh, uh, pushed that game into overtime, or might have might have even gotten a win out of it. But um, contrasting that style with the uh, Baker and the Browns. Um, looked bad, uh, to say the least. But, um, you know, the Ravens are, are probably one of the best teams in, in the NFL right now. So, you, you know, I don't know if you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater there, but but who you like in this Thursday night matchup? I mean, I like the Browns. Um, I think uh, Baker Mayfield figures out some way to, to beat the rookie Joe Burrow. Um, I, but I do like the, the total, 44.5. I like the under on that because, I mean – I just don't think there's going to be that many points scored. Yeah, you you, you think that maybe uh, both coaches, uh, co- coaching staffs, might want to limit the exposure of, of those quarterbacks. You know, Baker, uh, d- despite uh, being a Sooner and being one of our guys, you know, he's been uh, mistake prone. And then uh, you have a, a rookie starting in his second game on a short week um, in Joe Burrow. So yeah, I, I like the under on that game as well. I, I think the defenses will, will both kind of uh, keep keep both teams honest and keep everything in front of them. So I think the under is a good play there. But um, let's go to our team, Butter, on Sunday. Falcons plus seven at the Cowboys. The total on that one is 50. Uh, I lean towards the over on this because of all the reasons we just talked about about these two offenses, which inevitably means it's going to be a 13 to 10 game. But uh, talk, talk me into the over on this one, Butter, and your thoughts on Falcons and Cowboys. I, I like the over on this game as well. Uh, I think the, I think the, I think the Cowboys win by maybe 10 points. I mean, I think it's going to be like 40 to 40 to 30, 40 to 32. I mean, I think Cowboys cover both of them, but I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I mean, both both offenses are going to score points, and um, I don't I don't think that the Falcons or the Cowboys can prevent that. Uh, from happening on defense. Yeah, I, I I tend to lean towards the over as well, and I like the Cowboys to bounce back. Uh, hopefully, you know, Kellen Moore in that offense, McCarthy, uh, they, they throw the ball down the field, right? So something deeper than a seven-yard stop route or, or shallow drag would be nice. But, um, you know, I think that Falcons secondary, all the good things we've said about the offense from a fantasy perspective is true and accurate, but I think that defense can be got at. And we saw uh, Russell Wilson have, a, have an amazing day against them uh, Sunday. I think it's 31 out of 35. And uh, four touchdowns and 300 yards. So, uh, and, and Russell Wilson, obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But uh, I, I like the Cowboys in that one as well, and I, I lean towards the over. But um, love that sound, butter. The next game down, it, you know, hard to hard to say that week two is already a must win game. But you have both the Vikings and the Colts coming off losses in week one. Maybe the Vikings lost not quite as surprising given it was against the Packers. But these are two teams, including myself, uh, a lot of people were picking to be their respective division winners. And so you got the Vikings plus three at the Colts. Uh, total on this one's 46. Uh, who do you like in the Vikings and Colts game, Butter? I like the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if history repeats itself, uh, Philip Rivers is going to throw a touch or a, throw an interception to lose the game. <laughs> I hope not. Again, I, I, I'm hoping that the Colts uh, prove me right this year. So, <laughs> but I mean, 
I like the I like the Vikings. Uh, I think that they're going to cover, and but I also think that the it's going to be over forty six points. Um, I think the Vikings. I mean, I think they scored thirty four points last week. The Colts scored um, twenty. I mean, I think that they're probably going to score. At least, I mean, they're at least going to have three touchdowns again this week. Yeah, it should be a fast track. They'll be in the dome there in Indianapolis, and so you you would expect a lot of a lot of speed. You know, we got Dalvin Cook at running back for the Vikings. Jonathan you got Taylor, I mean, Jonathan Taylor at running bruisers. back. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, I think the play action pass will be in full swing uh, in that game on Sunday afternoon for sure. So, um, well, flip the script, butter. Perhaps two teams that are surprisingly one and zero after Week One. Uh, that being the Washington football team traveling out west to take on Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Washington plus six and a half. The total on this one is 46. Uh, who do you like in this game? A couple of old NFC East uh, divisional uh, foes here, but uh, who do you like in this one, Butter? Cardinals, 34 to 10. Going to be interesting to see how that Washington defensive line matches up with the speed and the elusiveness of Kyler Murray. I think, you know, you have Carson Wentz as one guy, right? He's 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 had some knee injuries and not not quite as mobile. Although he was mobile uh, in college and certainly in his rookie year coming into the uh, uh, NFL playing for the Eagles, I, mean, I think injuries have kind of you know hindered him a little bit on that front. But Kyler Murray's a whole new level of elusiveness, and so his ability to move around the pocket you know, whenever things break down to get outside the pocket and make a play, I think that'll be enough. Uh, to get the Cardinals the win here in cover. Uh, I think Washington, Washington, there'll be a little bit of a, oh, man, we surprised ourselves perhaps. Again, everybody was picking us to, to finish dead last, and so we went out and shut everybody up in week one. I think there might be a little bit of a letdown here, so I like the Cardinals in that one as well. But I like the Sunday night football game. Yeah, probably. You know, jump into our next game here, probably the premier matchup uh, of the weekend for sure, uh, and that is the Patriots heading out west to take on the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night on NBC. Uh, Pats plus three and a half. The total on this one's 44. Uh, you know, everybody thinks about, obviously, the, the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, Seattle drives all the way down at the end of the game. You know, they turn around, hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. They probably win a Super Bowl. Uh, instead, they, they throw the quick slant. It gets intercepted. The rest is history. But these two teams, you don't Didn't really think about them. they throw the ball two or three times? I think they did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was what uh, Marshawn was so pissed about afterwards, I yeah. think, is they like, hey, just, just hand me the ball. I <laughs> This, this, I would have taken care of it, but uh, but you know you don't think about these two teams being rivals per se because they're in different conferences and different ends of the coast. Uh, but they've put up some really exciting, close, important games. Uh, the stakes, I should say, have been so important uh, that Super Bowl obviously being the most important. But they, they've they've been really competitive uh, in in recent years. And so, uh, who do you like in this one, Butter? Again, a big premier matchup for sure. Man, this is a tough one. Um... You know, I mean, I, I think uh, Cam Newton. I mean, he had a great game last. He week. did look really, for the really Pats. good in Week One. Yep. Um, to me, I mean, I, I think Russell Wilson's definitely the real deal. I mean, he looked great last week. Um, I think that they, I think that they win a close game. Uh, I think the total is going to be over forty-four points. But I mean, I think the Seahawks win in a close game by. Three points. I mean, I, I would probably take the, the pass. So you like the pass yes. and the points here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. We're going to disagree on this one, Butter. Give me the Seahawks and give me the under. Okay, I, I think Belichick, he's going to do everything he can to kind of ugly this game up 
and, and kind of slow the pace of the game to control Russell Wilson. And, man, all of a sudden they've got some offensive weapons as well. You think about D.K. Metcalf. You think about Lockett. You think about yeah. Chris Carson. They, they used him a lot in swing passes Boy, and Carson screen passes. Carson looked really good, too. He did. Yeah. Yeah, really, they <laughs> used him in the passing game a lot, too. Really, really uh, looked good. Um, I think Belichick's going to try to nullify, and that's what he's been known for, right? He's going to take away your, your, your strengths. He's going to try to uh, – force Seattle to run the ball and be patient to keep that game close. And contrasting that on when the Patriots have the ball, you know, they really they ran Cam a lot, I thought, in, in week that one they, against the did, Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. And so so I think that's going to shorten the game. That's why I like the under. And I think the Pats are going to be able to keep it close. But at home with all the lights on them, uh, I, I really like Russell Wilson this year. I mean, obviously in our, our premier uh, uh, episode, I, I like the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl this year. They were my pick at 20 to 1. Uh, but I, I think the Seahawks find a way to pull it out. Give me the Seahawks in a 20 to 14 type of game, something like that. Like I said, I like the under. Not going to be a lot of points in this one, but I do like the Seahawks to cover. So, well, Butter, let, let's get into the main topic of this week's podcast. And so, you know, I mentioned that last week, the, the premier episode of the Fantasy Professionals Football Podcast, like most preseason podcasts, you know, we were maybe a little later getting out than what we wanted, wanted to be, but it was all focused on preseason predictions, right? Who are going to be the division winners? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the NFL MVP? And all the superlatives that go along with that. But now we've got one week under our belts, so we saw some results. We have some games to judge players by. Um, let's get into it from a fantasy pick perspective. And so uh, Butter and I have compiled a list of players that we think are going to have really good fantasy weeks. So kind of a, you know, maybe not a, a, a set or start type of segment here, but maybe just a start segment if you've got these guys, whether it be uh, in your fantasy league or perhaps in daily fantasy leagues. I know a lot of people play uh, FanDuel and DraftKings and things of that nature. But, uh, Butter, I'm going to start with you. Give me your two quarterbacks. So we're going to pick two quarterbacks in this lineup here. Give me your two quarterbacks. Who do you think is going to have a big week from a fantasy perspective in week two at the quarterback position? I like Dak Prescott versus the Falcons, and I like Josh Allen versus the Dolphins. I mean, I think that, uh, like I said, I believe that the Cowboys and the Falcons is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think Dallas is going to have to to move the ball. Uh, I mean, their, their running game is going to have to be have to be good. I mean, I, I expect uh, Dak Prescott to have some runs, but then I also expect him to to throw the ball really well. Uh, I don't really see the Cowboys or the Falcons defense uh, being able to keep one another under control. I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, Josh Allen with the Bills, I, I expect him to to put up just as good as numbers as he did uh, last week. Um, I, I'm thinking probably 250, 300 yards passing, and then, I mean, another 50 to 60 running. I still think he has three – the four touchdowns. Yeah, we think about mobile quarterbacks. We mentioned Kyler Murray uh, earlier, but you know Josh Allen doesn't get his due, man. He 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 shows up consistently consistently in the stat book with rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. I know a lot of leagues you get some bonus points for that if your quarterback has a rushing well, touchdown or has rushing yards. So uh, can't can't uh, miss that or overlook that as well. Well, one thing that I noticed last week uh, is whenever he does get outside the pocket and he does run, he could hold on to the ball a little bit better because I, I know that he did have a couple fun fumbles, and I think one of them actually did get recovered. So, 
And that when one of them was in the red zone. So I mean. yeah, and so so that win they they probably could have posted a few more points, and that could have been a more impressive win from a Bills perspective. They they beat up on the Jets uh, uh, pretty good in Week One. But you know, my quarterbacks butter. We've talked one of about one of them at length, uh, at length already. Give me give me Kyler Murray in the Cardinals. So uh, I just again I think he was so impressive in Week One. I like the matchup with the Redskins coming out again. I think there might be a little bit of a let off there. Given uh, I, I shouldn't say that the Washington football team. Excuse me. Uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a let off there and I like the Cardinals at home I like the offensive weapons that uh, Kyler has at his disposal and again the mobility right so I think he's uh, uh, don't be shocked if he gets you another 50 60 yards rushing and maybe another rushing touchdown as well and then give me old man Brady uh, give me Tom Brady and the Bucks. I, I like him uh, to have a big bounce back performance after that disappointing uh, week one. We, we mentioned the two interceptions one of them got returned for a pick six the Carolina Panthers come to town and while you know we know a little bit about Matt Rule, Butterball, given his uh, uh, tenure in the Big 12 in our neck of the woods and what he did at Baylor and did an absolutely fantastic job turning that program around. Um, but uh, The Panthers I, had a chance to win that game. They did, yeah, yeah. They, they, they actually played pretty well against, uh, against the Raiders uh, in, in week one. And I think that he is a, a head coach that's going to turn that program around and get them in the right direction, but I, I don't think they're quite there yet. And again, the prospect of the Buccaneers going 0-2 uh, with you know bringing Brady to town and, and bringing Gronk back and all the offensive talent that they picked up, uh, I just don't see that happening. So I like Brady and the Bucks to have a big bounce back uh, in Week Two against uh, a, a divisional foe in, in Carolina. So, uh, but Butter, let's talk running backs, right? So give me an RB one and RB two. So what two running backs do you think are going to have big fantasy weeks here in Week Two? I like Dalvin Cook versus the Colts, and I like Josh Jacobs versus the Saints. Both bruising running backs. Um, Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns last week. Um, I think he gets another touchdown or two this week. I mean, the Raiders run the ball, um, and when they run the ball, they run the ball well. So I expect him to have uh, a big week versus the Saints. Uh, Dalvin Cook versus the Colts, the same sort of offense. I mean, the uh, the Vikings, they want to run the ball first. Um you know, I mean, last week he only had 50 yards, but, I mean, I expect him to get probably around 75 yards and then have another touchdown or two. So, I mean, I expect uh, both of those guys to to keep producing. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Dalvin Cook. You know, he had two touchdowns in week one, but I think part of that is that they kind of got behind uh, in that Packers shootout, and so yeah. they had to throw the ball perhaps a little bit more than what the game plan and the game, game script uh, called for. But I, I like that pick. And then Josh Jacobs, yeah, I mean, you know, I think he had three touchdowns in week one. So uh, super impressive. You know, Booker T guy, right? So a Tulsa kid. Uh, yes. Uh, close, that, well, close to our neck of the woods, right? So I don't know if he's a Booker T or if, he, if he's a Tulsa. Uh, one of the Tulsa high yeah, schools. Yeah, okay, Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa yeah. Uh, Edison, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But obviously played in, at Alabama in college, and uh, was uh, their the Raiders uh, one of their first round draft picks last year. Yes. But an impressive, impressive young young player there. But um, we should have recruited him. Though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you should have done done better, right? So absolutely. I mean, you know, Oklahoma State. Somebody, somebody should have got got that kid. Don't leave that uh, those impressive talents like that. Let uh, let them leave the state. But you know, I'm I'm going to go. With Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs, butter again. I just think he was super impressive, and it's just it's a it's peanut butter and jelly, man. He fits that offensive system so well. I think the Chiefs are going to go on a tear. You know, they head out west. Uh, they get their opportunity to play in the SoFi Stadium and take on the Chargers this weekend. But I like the Chiefs to roll in that one. And I think uh, uh, Ceh will will put put up big stats in that game as well. 
And then I'm going to take the opposite running back uh, from Dalvin Cook. And we mentioned it earlier, Marlon Mack uh, had the big injury. He's out, uh, I think, for the whole year. And so I like the stock in Jonathan Taylor. And, again, the Colts have a really good offensive line line uh, uh, set up there. And, you know, he's a proven product. I think they drafted him early in the second round. I think he was their first second-round pick, uh, 35 or 36th overall, whatever it was. But, you know, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Butter, that, Philip Rivers has a propensity to throw picks in 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 the absolute worst times, and so I think if the Colts can run the football, get out to a lead, and then you limit uh, Rivers and in, in his uh, again that propensity to throw picks and have to throw the ball to kind of come back in that game, uh, I think the game plan and the game script is going to call for a lot of Jonathan Taylor this week. So I like him to get a bunch of touches, and he I think he had five receptions as well in the passing game. Uh, in that loss to the Jags in week one. So so I, I like him to get a lot of touches and maybe a few swing passes or screen passes as well. So so give me a Jonathan Taylor tailback uh, for the Colts um, to have a big week um, uh, this weekend against the Vikings. But let's talk about wide receiver, Butter. So give me your two picks. Again, we'll do a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, and then we'll take a flex here in a moment as well. But who are your two wide receiver picks uh, this weekend in week two? I like Robert Woods versus the Eagles. You know, I mean, the Eagles' defense, I mean – I think the Rams are going to throw the ball on the Eagles. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think he's going to produce. I mean, he'll have around 100 yards again. And then I also like Emmanuel Sanders versus the Raiders. Uh, with Michael Thomas being out uh, for – could be a couple weeks, could be an extended amount of time. I mean, who knows. But somebody in that offense has got to catch the ball. And like I said, I am really excited about them bringing Emmanuel Sanders in. Uh, he – Older free agent, but, I mean, he's had really good uh, luck and has been a great player wherever he's been. So, I mean, I look for him to uh, to put up great fantasy numbers this week. Nope, I like those picks, and, and I'm going to borrow one of those picks, Butter. I like Emmanuel Sanders as well. And so we're all on the Emmanuel Sanders train for all the reasons that you just said, right? Michael Thomas going down, you'd expect uh, his, uh, his workload and his targets to go up this week for sure. And then I'm going to go with Amari Cooper from the Cowboys. That's not so, a bad pick. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. <laughs> Uh, you know, he caught a lot of passes in, in that first game against the Rams, but it seemed like there were a lot of short passes, and the Rams were all over him, right? So they were prepared for it. They were keeping everything in front of them, uh, weren't going to get beat deep. And so I think McCarthy and Kellen Moore, from an offensive play-calling standpoint, they got to go back, not necessarily to the drawing board, but they're going to have to make some adjustments. I like them to throw the ball downfield. Again, I think that Falcon secondary, I think you can get at them a little bit. Um, and we mentioned the, the the offensive talent, or the talent, I should say, at wide receiver specifically, that the Cowboys have in Amari Cooper, in C.D. Lamb, uh, in Gallup. You know, who, which which guy are you going to double cover, right? So they're going to make you pay one way or the other. I like Amari Cooper to get more yardage this week, uh, more downfield targets, and I like him to get a touchdown. Uh, and, and, again, what we expect to be a shootout um, between the Falcons and the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. So, but Butter, give me a tight end. So uh, who, what tight end is going to stand out to you this week and have a big fantasy performance? I like Godare. For the Eagles, field, right? Yep. For the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Rams. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people forget about him because uh, the, the Eagles have Zach Ertz. But, I mean, I think that he is plenty capable of catching the ball, uh, making plays. I think he was he actually had better stats last week than, uh, than Ertz did. So, I mean, I'm going with Godair versus uh, the Rams. I like that. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, Godair getting more targets. You know, right before, you know, week one last week, you know, Zach Ertz, he, he seems to be 
a little irked, I should say, as to his contract situation. <laughs> and so you got to wonder maybe where his headspace is right now that he was disappointed uh, that he wasn't able to get a new contract uh, extension with the Eagles uh, before the start of the season. And so, you know, does that play into the play calling? You no, know, surely not, right? So a head coach is going to put his best players out there regardless. But, you know, again, you do have to question where the uh, where the headspace is uh, for Ertz. And, and, and Godair is a, is a talented player as well. And so uh, I like that pick. You know, talking about tight ends, give me Hunter Henry uh, from uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Make sure I get that right. Um, Clemson guy, right? Uh, I, I know. I think he's an Arkansas guy, Arkansas? right? So I think he's an Arkansas tight end. I think the younger brother uh, actually plays tight end for Arkansas right now as well at the college level. But, um, you know, I, I, again, talk about game script and, and what you anticipate happening. You know, I think the Chiefs are going to get out to a lead. I think the Chargers are going to have to throw the ball to catch up. You know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, a steady quarterback, a, a, a tested veteran, you know, not a, not a guy that you're probably going to put up a ton of fantasy stats. But I think Hunter Henry had five receptions on, on seven targets in week one against the Bengals. And so, I, again, I just think the game script is going to call – for the Chargers to be behind, to have to throw the ball to stay in it and have to you know, essentially play catch up to keep up uh, with that uh, vaunted Chiefs offense. And so give me Hunter Henry as my pick for a tight end uh, uh, for fantasy numbers this uh, uh, this weekend. But let's talk about flex positions, Butter. So whether it be a running back, tight end, wide receiver, whatever you want to throw in there, you know, who is a flex position player that our listeners should consider for week two? I like David Johnson uh, for the Texans. Um, you know, I mean, he put up really good numbers last uh, Thursday versus a very tough chief defense. I expect really big things for him. I mean, the, the, the Texans are going to run the ball. You know, I mean, it, he looked really, really good. I mean, I'm not going to say that he looked as good as he did in his first or second year with the, the Cardinals because, you know, I mean, this is his first year with the Texans and we're not really there yet. But, I mean, I expect uh, – Big numbers for him this week. Uh, actually, I am starting him in all the leagues that I'm in, either, either as a running back or a flex. So, But, I mean, I, I like his matchup, and I believe he's going to put up good numbers. Yeah, seem, seems to be the the main option at running back for the Texans right now. And, and as you mentioned, you know, played played pretty well in that Thursday night premiere against the Chiefs. Again, the game script kind of got out of hand to a certain degree. Run the ball. Yeah, I mean, the stats yeah, stats so. may have been better had uh, had the Texans been able to keep it close, thirty one to six or something like that at one point. And so, you know, Johnson's stats probably could have been a little bit better, and he might have got a few more touches had uh, had the Texans been able to keep it close. And so, I, I, I do I like that pick. I think he's going to get plenty of touches this weekend and. And again, I think you and I both had him, you know, highly uh, uh, ranked from a comeback player of the year, mm-hmm. most improved right. player of the year in our premier pod last week. And so, if he can stay healthy, he's going to get the touches down there uh, in 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 Houston. And so, I, I like that pick as well. From a flex position standpoint, Butter, give me Jamison Crowder from the Jets. He looked good last um, week. He looked good last week. had a had a bunch of targets, had a bunch of catches. And again, we talk about game script. You know, I hate, I hate to keep pounding on it, but. I would anticipate that the Jets will be behind the 49ers. You you, you anticipate that the 49ers will bounce back from that uh, week one loss against the Cards. Uh, and again, you have that West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, playing that early kickoff, which oftentimes from a betting perspective, you know, there's a little bit of an angle there, right? So are they a little sleepy whenever 49ers they... 49ers uh, might have some jet lag. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so so that, that, that concerns me a little bit, but I don't 
you know, whether whether the Jets are in the game or whether they're behind and trying to play catch up and throwing the ball, you know, Crowder is is the main man uh, there at wide receiver for the Jets, and I think he's going to get a lot of targets in this one. So I, I like Jamison Crowder as my flex pick uh, for week two. So, well, but we got to throw kickers in there, man. So kickers are people too, right? So let's uh, throw, throw out a kicker that you think is going to have a big fantasy performance in week two. I like Greg Zerline for the Cowboys versus the uh, Falcons. Like I said, I believe that's going to be a high-scoring game. You know, I mean, Greg Zerline, he did miss a kick last week. But then there was also some uh, chances where, you know, Dallas went for it on fourth fourth and, and short and didn't get it, where they could have kicked the kicked the ball, you know. so But I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, I expect uh, Greg Zerline to, to kick the ball well, uh, make, make some field goals, and make some extra points. Yeah, well, give me the ageless wonder that is Mason Crosby with the Packers, Butter. So I think I can remember him kicking field goals for Colorado whenever we were in college. And so maybe that dates us a little bit and gives our uh, old age away now. But, you know, we saw it in week one, had a lot of points. There was a shootout there uh, against the Vikings that the, that the Packers had. And I think it'll be a high-scoring affair to a certain degree as well whenever the Packers host the Lions. Again, another uh, big divisional game right out of the gate for the Packers there as well. But I like the Packers to score a lot of points. Maybe a few more field goals than what they had in uh, uh, week one against the Vikings. But give me Mason Crosby um, as my pick uh, for kicker uh, in week two. And so, you know, let, let's let's do a defensive pick, Butter. So defense, special teams, again, every league's a little bit different as to how they structure those things together. But give me a defense that you think is going to have an outstanding performance in week two. I like the Bills versus the Dolphins. Dolphins, I think, are still trying to figure out their identity. I mean, uh, they have uh, Fitzpatrick at quarterback, uh, kind of a very, 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 very seasoned veteran, uh, journeyman, if you will, been around the league for a while. You know what I mean? But I just don't think the Dolphins really have an identity, and I don't know if they're going to get one this year. Um, I don't expect the Dolphins to to win probably more than four or five games at the at the most. Um, but like I said, I, I like the Bills. Uh the Bills' defense looked really, really good last week. Um, they finished the season strong last year. So, I mean, I I like the Bills' defense. Yeah, I think it's a stout off, uh, defensive unit uh, as well. And, and again, uh, you'd expect the Bills to maybe pound the rock a little bit and shorten that game up. And I think the total on that game is roughly 40 and a half, 41. So, one of the lower totals for sure. So, uh, even the, uh, the experts out in the, the desert believe that's uh, going to be a low-scoring game as well. Uh, well, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Denver Broncos, Butter, on, on Sunday afternoon. I, I thought the Steelers played uh, really good on a de- from a defensive perspective on Monday Night Football against a, you know, a young but a talented New York Giants offense. You know, you think about uh, 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 Daniel Jones, you think about Saquon Bartle- Barkley, you know, our guy Sterling Shepard. They, they've got some talent on offense there. Uh, for the Giants, and so the Steelers did a really good job. Minka Fitzpatrick and and some of the stars that they have on that side of the ball. Again, I think uh, Vegas has that at roughly 40 points uh, from a total there, so anticipating that one to be a low-scoring game. But um, I like the Steelers uh, against a young Drew Locke on the road. Um, and, and the Broncos played in a low-scoring game on Monday night as well against the Titans. So so I think that's going to be a low-scoring affair. So give me the uh, the Steelers in this one. Yeah, you could you – could- 
call a toss up on that one. I mean, both good defenses for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be a lot of running the ball and and, and a lot of uh, a lot of punts in that one, butter. So, but well, well, butter. I think that covers it all for week two. And so, you know, all that's left now, as always, we're going to watch the games and just see what happens, man. But for our listeners out there, you can follow Butterball on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen or AKA the Fantasy Fessional. And that's at J E R E M Y underscore. V-A-N-C-U-R-E-N. So, again, Butter, appreciate you being with me in studio again, as always, and I look forward to next week. And while this will wrap it up for Episode 2, the conversation doesn't end here, gang. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. So enjoy the games this weekend, gang. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. We'll